Hey folks, this is Yishai Fleischer of Israel National Radio. I am heading out to the United States on a whirlwind speaking tour, and I want to see you. Check out my website, ionzion.com, E-Y-E-O-N-Z-I-O-N.com. Book the Ion Zion speaking tour today. If you're not coming this summer to Israel, Israel is coming to you. IsraelNationalRadio.com. We're your connection to Israel. Welcome to all of you lovers of Hashem, His Torah, Israel, and the Noahide Nations. You're on the Noahide Nation show, and we're glad that you are, because we've got an interesting, very interesting one hour coming up for you. I'm your co-host, Ray Patterson, and let me bring in my co-host and friend, Mr. Prescott Johnson. Prescott, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you doing today? I'm Okay. Yeah. Uh, things are going all right up in your neck of the woods. Well, you know, we got some weather issues here. Uh, the temperature today is supposed to get to about 35 degrees. 35 <laughs> degrees? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, uh, that's crazy. I mean, it's 100 over 100 degrees in New York. How can it uh, be 35 degrees where you're at? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> we live in Canada. You know, uh, I mean, it's colder up here than, uh, but but that is, we also use a different scale where we've moved to metric. Uh, so it's actually 35 degrees Celsius. Oh. Okay. Uh, Trying to so, pull a fast one on me, huh? Well, you know, it wasn't intentional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We'll talk yeah, later. Right. Okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, we need to talk for this hour. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to be much of a problem because the last couple weeks we've been doing uh, a continuing series on our Will the Real Mashiach Please Stand Up or Will the Real Messiah Please Stand Up. And hmm. well, we've obviously gotten a lot of emails because we went over them the last couple weeks. And yeah. uh, Prescott and I kind of thought that we'd kind of do a little bit different approach because certainly we all can agree that there is going to be a Messiah. Yeah. Where we disagree yeah. on is some of the points and the things that point to the Mashiach. Some say that he's already been. Some say that he's coming. Some say that he's already been and that same guy is going to be coming back. So we've got a variety of things that people have in their minds and have in their hearts. And what yeah. we want to do today, Prescott and I, we want to try and address the Messianic era. Because, again, knowing that a Mashiach is going to be anointed, how are we going to know who that person is? And, I mean, that's <clears> a very, very important question. And we have signs given to us by Hashem. And it's throughout the Tanakh. And Prescott and I are going to be providing sources from the Tanakh, which, by the way, for those who don't know, the Tanakh means uh, the Torah, the prophets, and the writings. And that's what it includes, the Tanakh. So we're going to go ahead and, and hopefully 
be able to get through some of the signs this week and, you know, things we need to be looking for and how we might be able to relate to it today even. And uh, I have a feeling that this is probably going to extend into next week's show and possibly even a a week after that because this is a pretty important subject. I mean, (laughs) this is is, uh, signaling us that the redemption is just around the corner and may it be in our time. Amen. Amen. By the way, by the way, were we supposed to do some housekeeping? As a matter of fact, we do need to do some housekeeping. <laughs> and I'm going to do part of it, and you're going to do the rest of it. Because we love when everyone sends in the emails. We we do want you to keep sending them to us, because your questions mm-hmm. are excellent, they're valid, and we will do our best to get to them and get them answered on air for you. But the email address, my friends, is noahide at israelnationalradio.com. And we do also want to kind of give you an indication of why we're even here. Why were the Noahide nations? What is a Noahide and what does a Noahide follow? And for that, I'm going to kick it over to Prescott. Well, as Noahides, we strive to keep the Shiva Mitzvot, and uh, that's the seven commandments that were uh, given to Noah. And the first of those was to not blaspheme. We were not to commit idolatry. We do not commit murder. We do not commit sexual immorality. We do not commit theft, and we have the responsibility of establishing courts for justice. And the additional commandment given to Noah when he came off the ark was not to eat the limb of a living animal. And those are really categories of, uh, of commandments that we then need to study and discover uh, the deeper meaning and, and, uh, and how it affects uh, so many areas of our life. And mind you, folks, that uh, even though we say these are the laws that uh, are for Gentiles, this is what they must follow, this is a, a, a minimum requirement. And I even hate to use the word requirement because Hashem created us with free will. So we can choose whether or not to follow these. Uh, he may not take kindly to us not following him and bless us more when we do follow him. But you can know that uh, uh, you can keep all ten commandments. All of the mitzvot that the Jewish people keep, you can keep as well, uh, at least based upon the Rambam uh, in his uh, uh, Mishnah Torah. We are allowed to keep them so long as we follow them precisely, uh, which, of course, in order to do that means you must study and uh, study and uh, study some more. So, yep. But you're not limited to just the seven. But you know what, folks? That's a good start because if, you know, if we could keep the seven on a, on a worldwide scale with the world population, we would actually break out in world peace. And I don't mm. know that the world is ready for that. I don't know if they would know how to act if it were to even happen. <laughs> well, as you say, because we are given free will, it really comes down to um, it really comes down to every citizen of the world making that conscious decision to to follow uh, Hashem's commands. So, right, and this is a perfect segue uh, into our topic of today, because yeah. certainly with the anointing of the Mashiach that we are going to be talking about, this whole redemptive process is is going to happen, and that includes a great great many things beyond what even our our minds can even 
get our heads around. I mean, it just, uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough one uh, to get all of it. But we're going to hopefully be able to give you just some signs that Hashem told us, you know, basically this is what's going to be happening. So we need to be aware of these so that we can indeed identify when somebody says, I'm the Mashiach. Well, it, it, anyone could say that. What we need mm-hmm. to do is examine what they're doing, what they have done, what they may potentially do, and evaluate based on what Hashem has told us in his Torah and, in fact, in the, the Tanakh, whether or not this individual is indeed the Mashiach. So hopefully we'll be able to cover a bit of that today and uh, uh, into next week, and hopefully people will you know, have a, a, very, a much better idea than they have now. Yeah. So let's start off with kind of a... A really important one, and certainly may this happen in our time, but that is the restoration of the temple right and this is uh, uh, this is a biggie, and it is the third temple because obviously the the first and the second were destroyed. And quite frankly, the the tabernacle, I myself don't really know what happened to it. Some say that it's actually hidden with all the instruments and, you know, the tools that they used uh, in the temple at the time they were in the desert. Whether or not that's true, I don't know. And, you know, by with, a, with Hashem's help, we'll be able to establish whether or not that is. But what we're talking about here, my friends, is basically a divine prophecy that... The temple will be rebuilt during the Messianic reign, and that some many believe that it will be built by the Mashiach. Now, I, for one, don't believe that that's literally he's going to lay brick by brick himself, but uh, certainly he will have the wisdom and the knowledge to give direction as, as to how this needs to be built. And this can be found in Ezekiel 37. 26 through 28, where he tells us that I shall give my sanctuary in their midst forever. My dwelling place shall be over them. The nations shall know that I am God who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forever. And, of course, this is a prophecy out of Ezekiel. And I would have to say it's a pretty powerful prophecy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because if you just go, like, uh, in verse 24, it very specifically um, speaks of my servant David, which is often the language that is used uh, to refer to the Mashiach uh, uh, at the final redemption. Right. And, And so it says, and my servant David shall be king over them, and one shepherd shall be for them all. And they shall walk in my ordinances and observe my statutes and perform them. So, so this, is, uh, this is laying a condition or laying the setting for how, or how the temple then can be built is when, uh, when the Mashiach is functioning as a, a king over them. Uh, and, and as such, it opens... Uh, it makes possible for the building of the temple, and uh, because I know that there there is there are some people who believe that there is going to be you know a temple that's going to come down from heaven, and others who believe that it's going to you know uh, have to be physically built. Um, I because I tend towards the fact that 
we have been given commandments to do of our free will. I believe that this too is something that is something that we are supposed to, uh, you know, embrace ourselves and and to work towards doing ourselves uh, as opposed to. I mean, I don't think that it'll ever. I don't think it'll ever get built on our own without Hashem's help. Okay, so I'm not saying that we can just sort of start building the temple. But it does require us to be willing to build the temple, right? And that is something. And that is something up until now that has been uh, has been lacking. Uh, well, it it has. It's been lacking only from the standpoint that it's not an accepted viewpoint by a great deal of the world of Judaism. There's right. many Jews who don't believe in, in the Third Temple, many more who don't want the Third Temple, which we may have a chance to get into. Uh, and then there are those, such as our good friend Rabbi Chaim Richman, who's the international director of the Temple Institute, who believe with great, with, with great strength, and he, I mean, we've had him on our show and we've uh, discussed uh, the Temple, and he believes it uh, vehemently that we as a mitzvot, are to be building the temple. And the Temple Institute is in process of creating the tools, the instruments, the Mm -hmm. things that are actually utilized, the utensils that are utilized within the temple itself. Um, yeah. And they have quite a few. I mean, they have the the crown that the Kohen Kadol would wear. They have a breastplate. They, I mean, this is what they do. So yeah. they believe in it. So we have the full spectrum for all the way from those who don't want it to happen to those who are doing everything they can to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But we can all agree, I think, that there is going to be one. I mean, right. even if you're a Jewish person and don't want it to happen, it's going to happen whether you want it or not. I mean, because it's prophesied. And unless we're about to say that Hashem is a liar, then you know, it's going to happen. Yeah, and I guess this is this is part of the um, part of the debate that that does go on is is centered around this. Um, I, I think uh, you know from from my observation, and my observation isn't uh, vast, obviously, but but from my observation, it seems that there uh, the there is there is a connection between. The performance of the mitzvot of 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 obeying the Torah that is connected to the appearance of the Mashiach and the appearance and the building of the temple, and so you know it's not going to happen um, against the will of the people until their hearts are turned towards Hashem until their hearts are tor- uh, turned towards uh, Torah observance, including. Because so much of the Torah is about what takes place in the temple, and so much of the, uh, so many of the commandments pertain to that. So how can you then fulfill, uh, as it says in verse twenty-four, and they shall walk in my ordinances and observe my statutes and perform them? How can you do that when when those ordinances and those statutes involve what takes place in the temple? And if you don't have a temple, then you can't do that. And so there has to be a heart towards fulfilling the the mitzvot uh, as it pertains to the temple, not just what has been the practice of Judaism for the last two thousand years since the uh, since the temple was uh, 
was destroyed. Mm-hmm. The second temple. So, well, so that's I, my. Well, and it's what you're saying is is uh, all valid, uh, and this can happen in two different ways. I mean, the temple is mm. going to happen by one or the other means, both connected to what you're saying, Prescott, and it's going to happen that the Mashiach is anointed and the temple begins, you know, he begins the process of building the temple because the people are worthy of that, which means the Jewish people, by definition, would begin following all of the Torah in order for the redemptive process to begin. Uh, The other way is that it never happens in in our time uh, or, you know, mankind never does this. And then Hashem, at the anointed time, will reveal himself. And then there'll be no alternative but to believe in him, in his name, and know his mm-hmm. name. And we'll be you know, getting into that also. In fact, it's, it's taught, and many believe, that if Adam had but kept one Sabbath, that mankind would have been redeemed at that moment. And Adam was unable to keep one Sabbath. And as a result, here we are today. We have our radio show, and we're talking to you. (laughs) Now, now did Adam know that, though? (laughs) If he did, he definitely would have kept the Sabbath. (laughs) And in any event, my point is, is that this can happen as a result of mankind becoming worthy of it happening, or the uh, Mashiach being anointed at the appointed time of Hashem. So mm-hmm. we can either try to bring it about ourselves, or it will indeed happen. And we, you know, again, all can agree that it is going to happen. Redemption yeah. is going to happen one way or another, whether you want it or not. So mm-hmm. when, when I say I hope it happens in our time, the only way that can happen is if uh, all of the, the world of Judaism is keeping the Torah, but not only that, we Gentiles have to be keeping our side of things as well. We're partners in this, in this redemptive process. In fact, uh, when you read uh, in Isaiah 56, he talks about Gentiles and and how our offerings will be uh, acceptable to him and that his house of, uh, will be known as a house of prayer for all people. This is is what it means. We have a, a partnership with the Jewish people. So not only is it the Jewish people that need to be worthy, mankind must be mm. worthy. All of Hashem's creation must be worthy for this to happen. Yeah, and and I guess this, back back to part of that debate, is that we know that there are prophecies about how the nations are going to come against Israel at that time. Right. And so it's not a case of where, I, I'm I'm not suggesting that everybody has to be on board or none of this is going to happen, but we do need to be aware that there is there is a connection between our behavior and Hashem's response to that behavior. But we will see a coming against Israel by the nations, and that it's very clear in the language of the prophets that there's going to be a great devastation experienced by many peoples as a result of all this. And so it's it it it's again you read it it's kind of like okay is <laughs> who does that include like i'm 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 a noahide but how does that where do i fit in that picture because when i read the language it seems to imply that that we're all going to 
we're all going to incur God's wrath, as it were, right. as the result of our coming against Israel. Exactly right. But then following up on it, it talks about how afterward, the nations and any that do not uh, bow down or do not come to recognize Hashem, that, uh, you know, that the rain won't happen, that they won't, there won't be any rain in their lands, and that what we will then do is that we will, uh, that we will come to Jerusalem and uh, and keep the feast. So, uh, you know, so that that's that's why I say like it's it's one of those things that the language sort of deals with both sides of the picture of the nations that will be against Israel, and there are those who are of the nations who are going to be supporting Israel, who will be observant Noahides. But it's you know it's kind of like it's kind of like the when you're reading the Bible, if you're expecting all the answers to appear in some kind of, you know, everything sort of being tied up in one little verse, it's not going, it doesn't read that way. You have to read throughout the body of the prophets to discover where you fit. Are you among the nations that are going to be coming against Israel? Or are you among those who worship the God of Israel, who, who perform the mitzvot as God requires of you? And so it's a matter of this is why it's uh, it's it's such a big topic and why me rambling on like this isn't going to get us down the road of handling the topic. <laughs> well, <better>. I mean, <laughs> and, and you said it, it's a it's a, a, a cause of action that causes this to happen or not. Mm. Uh, and yep. the other example is Noah. If it weren't for the fact of Noah's righteousness and that. He was perfect in the eyes of Hashem. He walked with Hashem. If it weren't for that action on Noah's part, mankind wouldn't have been saved. There would have been nobody to right. save. But right. because of those actions, the, the righteousness, mankind was saved. Well, the same hmm. is going to have to uh, happen uh, for the, the, the final redemption as, as well. And right. I think uh, uh, it's important that, that people begin to realize, and we can look at it today. I mean, there's things going on today that we can see nations rising up against Israel. Now, typically, we already know about Iran. Uh, Turkey has a you know tumultuous uh, a relationship. There's there's many many countries that have clearly shown that they're against Israel. And as far as they're concerned, mm-hmm. they can just exterminate them. Well. Recently, and we all who pay attention to this kind of news, we all find out that uh, the United States has, in essence, turned against uh, Israel uh, by saying they would not support them uh, as a member of the Security Council in uh, a great many things. And in fact, I've just noticed that we're kind of coming up to the uh, bottom of the hour. And before I get, launch into this, I, I, I want to you know, make sure we get in so we can take this break. And we will continue on with that and get into to, to another one of the signs that Hashem has provided for us that coincide with what Prescott and I have been talking about. So in the meantime, Prescott, let's jump on out of here and we'll catch you folks on the other side.
Hey, what's that newspaper you're reading? Oh, nothing. Just an authentic copy of the New York Times from 1948. How did you get your hands on that? Now you can get any date of the New York Times by visiting www.anydate.com. From your favorite sports team's highlights to breathtaking moments in Jewish history, including Israel's Declaration of Independence from 1948, anydate.com will ship you a full copy reprint of that date's New York Times. Great for history buffs, researchers, and lovers of Israel. That's www.anydate.com. Kidashta, a community Judaica store in the heart of Moda'in. Kidashta, a classy yet moderately priced Judaica store in the center of Jerusalem. Kidashta, a full-service website that introduces quality products, books, silver, jewelry, and mezuzot. Kidashta, the personal touch, in the bell tower in downtown Jerusalem. And Kidashta, Moda'in in the Kaiser neighborhood. And of course, www.judaica4u, the numeral four, the letter U, dot com. Welcome back, everybody. We appreciate you sticking around for the second half of the Noahide Nation show. We've got, uh, I think, an excellent show going on here with some signs about the Mashiach, the real Mashiach, and things that we as mankind need to be looking for and be on the lookout for in order to identify when the Mashiach has been anointed. In fact, I've talked to a number of people who actually think that the Mashiach may not even know that he is the Mashiach and will only be known that he's the Mashiach, will only discover this when people tell him that you've done this, you've done that, and and these are signs that Hashem gave us that you are anointed. And they'll begin doing and go through an, uh, an investigative process to see if, in fact, he is the Mashiach. <laughs> but I was I was talking about you know one of the things we see today as far as the nations rising up against Israel. And we know that the United States has supported Israel, particularly from the U.N. Security Council, uh, forever. Uh, I mean, we've just always been there, uh, a lifelong friend to Israel. This current administration has now set a policy and made it publicly known that they are not going to support Israel from the U.N. Security Council any longer. And it doesn't matter whether it's part way, all the way, or whatever. It's it's we see a process of a country who's been a lifelong friend turning against Israel. And what's interesting, and I saw a video on this, Prescott. Maybe you have as well. I, I don't know, but it was a video that kind of laid out in documentary form in you know about ten minutes how the United States made this publicly known, and the very next day is when the oil disaster happened off the coast of Louisiana. Yeah. Or the they had the explosion, people died, and now even to this very day and beyond, oil is gushing out mm-hmm. of the earth. Which also coincided with a special day in the Jewish calendar, and I'm just trying to remember if I can remember which one it was. <laughs> But either way, the the connections were were quite amazing between this stance that was being taken by the administration. And I have to say, Ray, what in the world is going on in the U.S. of A.? That's what I got to say from Canada. What's going on down there? Are, are if, we any have... us, if any of us knew, I, they'd win a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna contact Mr. Harper, and uh, we're, we'll form a, form a little uh, army here, and we'll go down into Washington and see if we can straighten things out down there. Because I don't get it. Well, and quite frankly, a lot of us here don't either. 
This is you know one of the things that you were talking about that the nation that you live in may rise up against Israel, but where are you? Yeah, where is yeah. your support? And I'll tell you what, and you know this may sound bad, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but there are a lot of Jews here in the United States that are going to feel a wrath that they're they, they just don't expect. They're thinking mm-hmm. that when the Meshach's anointed, everything's going to be hunky dory. Well, <laughs> guess what, folks? That's not going to be the case because we have Jews in this country who have put this man in charge of this country who's bringing in this administration, these people to run this country who have now made this decision to turn on Israel. Yeah. And it's now resting at our doorstep. But it doesn't matter because look at Noah. Noah lived in a world where there was no moral people. But because he was, because he kept the the laws that Hashem set forth with Adam originally, he survived. His family survived, and mankind survived as a result. So the people who are righteous, regardless of where you are, you're going to be covered by Hashem with, with, with his wing. And I honestly believe that because right now some of the signs I see is revealing Hashem. You know, you look at Katrina. And the things that were done uh, in the U.N. And, and Condoleezza Rice, things that she had done to Israel in the Bush mm-hmm. administration. And all of a sudden Katrina hits? Please, don't tell me that Hashem's right hand is not in this and that justice is not only being sought but being affected. Yeah. And we see it once again. So, but, Yeah, I think uh, just reminded of, um, uh, is it? Uh, Rabbi Goldfinger that we replayed his his lecture at the, oh doctor uh, doctor Goldfinger doctor Goldfinger yeah he uh, would he would scold you and then make a joke that he's not a rabbi but he is a <laughs> he is a a professor he works with NASA he's a pretty smart guy in he, fact he, he told is. us about the meaning of life <laughs> so. yeah that, that's right and and he was like uh, he was trying to demonstrate you know how you can tell whether whether something is right or not by establishing patterns and and we we see patterns in in laws of nature we see patterns when it comes to gravity we see we see all these patterns well when you see a pattern it's kind of it's supposed to clue you in to reality and when you see a pattern of a behavior carried out by uh, an administration or a government, and then you see a corresponding reaction. So that when you see a, a, a pronouncement against Israel followed up by uh, by some, uh, whether it's a natural disaster or some other kind of uh, what we would consider a, a type of a negative punishment, that it's an indication that there's a relationship. So, and this is what the the gentleman who put this in, and he was a um, uh, he was a Christian pastor who actually put that video together, and this was what he was establishing. He was establishing a pattern of when you take an action against Israel, this is what follows, and you can go back to Katrina and you see that there's a pattern of Condoleezza. Here's a reaction. Yes. And 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 I have seen uh, there I did come across the website that had actually made a series of those connections to those patterns of uh, of events that had taken place following uh, certain public denouncements of uh, of Israel or Israeli policy that has followed by uh, you know drops 
in the uh, in Wall Street uh, and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So right, all, right. You know, so so these are these are interesting uh, interesting things that, as I say, you see the pattern, and after a while, you can't say that's chance or that's just dumb luck. That's a coincidence. After a while, it says no, no. There's a pattern here. Well, and that's what it means when it tells us in in the Tanakh, those who have eyes to see and those who have ears to hear. It's not listening to the news reports that that it's talking about. It's talking about if you have eyes to identify Hashem in the occurrence, if you have ears to hear what is happening and hear it for real, that's what it's referring to. And for some of us, we see the Katrina disaster, this oil disaster, as punishments on the United States for rising up against Israel. And these are signs from Hashem that no, 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 you can do what you think you can do against Israel, but, you know, here's some payback, because payday happens frequently. And it's not just the nations rising up. You can also see this further in the people of those nations. When you see rioters and people who are protesting against Israel in favor of supporting murderer terrorists, Mm. That's the people of the nations rising up against Hashem. They're rising up against Israel. Therefore, those people make up a nation. And when you have the majority of people doing that, that means you have a nation who is against Israel. And my friends, there's a, a lot of folks here in the United States who hate Israel. It's hard as that is for me to say, I, I have to say it. Anyway, let's let's move on because we could go at this, yeah. you know, for the next five shows. And just but, for those who may have thought we've gone <laughs> off the rails, because I usually do that, uh, yeah. the the fact is is that the relationship here, however, is this that we do find in prophecy that there is going to be this uh, tension between Israel and the nations, and we are living in that right now. And not that it's a new thing; it's not like this is the first time that there's ever been tension between the Jewish people and their neighbors. <laughs> So so it's it's not like this is in a sense unique but it is nonetheless um uh when we get to the I believe the next one we're probably going to be covering is uh the gathering of the Jews back into the land. Right, right. When you when you put when you put what we're about to talk about with what has been going on which we can see historically has gone on down throughout history this problem between the Jewish people and their neighbors. But when you realize that they've come back to the land and that these prophecies are very clear about something that pertains to the land, what takes place in the land, then, again, you've established part, uh, you know, another part of that pattern that we're talking about. So, anyway. Right. And, and here's one thing, and I'll just say this one last thing. And you need to go to the Noahide Nations website to see this. Go to www.noahidenations.com. And on the right-hand side, you'll see a resources menu. Go to the video section. Yeah, we There's a recent it, yeah. video that's been put there that if you have any doubt in your mind as to whether or not Hashem is protecting Israel, this will clear all of that up. And all I have to say... Well, let me just put it this way. If you can say Star Wars, you'll know what I mean when you see this video. It will 
amaze you at what you are going to see. And so nobody out there can tell me that Hashem is not protecting Israel. When you mm-hmm. see this, you'll have, if you can't say it, then you, you, you don't have eyes that see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, moving right along here, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the sign of the uh, uh, ingathering. Mm. Um, and this, of course, is the the exiles of Israel, the, the you know the Jewish people who've been exiled from their land because Hashem did exile them because number one they weren't keeping Torah, and you cannot you cannot not keep Torah in the land of Israel. The land of Israel is a holy place. You cannot mm. soil it with enough sin that it d- destroys the land because it's Hashem's land. It's not even the Jewish people's land. It is Hashem's land. It is a holy place. And uh, as a result of the the sin, the violations of, of Torah, the Jews were exiled. Now that's number one. Number two is that the exile just didn't occur as a result of that, but Hashem is so wonderful because he gets so much mileage out of everything that he does that the exiles actually happen. If you think about this, if it weren't for the exiles, the Jewish people may already have been wiped out. But by virtue of the fact that they are spread out all over the world, Mm. they've survived. You know, if they were all at this point in... Israel and violating the Torah, they could have potentially been wiped out because they're all mm. centrally located. But as a, a result of these exiles, they've been able to survive. As odd as that may seem, so it's kind of good news, bad news. <laughs> it, it, it's also it's also um, it's also an indication, and and uh, not to jump back to our, our previous shows because this is supposed to be what. <laughs> this is supposed to be what the the real messiah is supposed to be doing but for those who believe that 2000 years ago somebody showed up and fulfilled what the messiah was supposed to do at that time most jews lived outside of judea during the time of uh, of jesus and that they lived in the diaspora uh, and did not return after the babylonian exile that there was a significant return to the land, but many Jews continued living outside of Israel. So Jesus did not bring the exiles back. And this is something that is very significant or very important to the time of the Messianic era. Right. In fact, let's go ahead and, and confirm that for everyone who's, who's listening today. Starting off in Deuteronomy. And these chapters of verses, I encourage you to investigate it yourself. See for yourself. Don't take our word for it. You need to do the homework. But this is also one of the signs. It's the ingathering of the exiles. And in Deuteronomy 30, verses 3 and 4, it says, God, your God, shall bring back your captivity, and he will return and gather you from all the nations where you are. Your God has scattered you amongst the nations. If your banished shall be at the utmost end of the heavens, God shall gather you from there, and he shall take you from there. So right there he's saying, even if you've been exiled to the, as far away as the heavens... <laughs> he's going to bring you. He's going to bring you back. 
So, so this could be a ways off because we could have start like we could have uh, intergalactic travel in place. Yeah, beam me up, Scotty. Exactly, and and, <laughs> and and it doesn't matter if if you if you if you're in the next galaxy. Don't worry, Hashem's bringing you back to the land, whether you want to or not. Whether you want to and or not. this this will be a sign for all of us, not mm. just Gentiles, but also for the Jews. They will have in their heart this need. To go back to Israel to do mm-hmm. Aliyah, mm-hmm. it's inevitable. They will not be able to help it, and this is a sign when we start seeing mass exoduses of Jewish people out of other nations, and we see the population of Israel double and triple and and just grow exponentially. That's a sign, my friends. Here's another confirming part. It's in uh, Isaiah. 11, and it's verses 11 and 12, and also 16, and I'll just kind of read it to you. Uh, It shall be on that day, which of course refers to the end times, that day, that God shall again set his hand for a second time to acquire the remnant of his people that shall remain from Assyria and from Egypt, from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam, from Shinar and from Hamat and from the islands of the sea. There shall be a highway for the remnant of his people that shall remain from Assyria. And there was for Israel on the day they went up from the land of Egypt." which in essence is telling us, Isaiah is, is prophesying here, that on that day, the day of redemption, or the day of the redemptive process really beginning to take hold, is that he will be bringing the Jewish people back to Israel, regardless of where they are at, regardless whether they are willing to pack a bag or not. He's, he's going to bring them. And, you know, I I would imagine, you know, I probably shouldn't say that because I don't know for sure if all of them are going. You would have thought after everything they saw in the ex, you know, during the exodus, all the all the plagues. (laughs) My gosh, I'd have gone. I would have left with the the Hebrews, you know, but they they teach that the majority of Hebrews did not leave (laughs) Egypt. No. So, I mean, who knows? But we will. It'll be recognizable that enough people are going back that it's 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 almost not measurable uh, where the the numbers are growing so fast. Well, it was even worse than that. That when they actually were when they'd actually succeeded in leaving Egypt, the ones that did, they turned around afterwards and complained and said, "We want to go back." So, you know. This is part of the problem, isn't it? Yeah. No. Well, yeah, that is a big part of the problem. Big part of the problem. You know, and, <laughs> and, and, and who and, and who can blame who can blame American Jewry for not wanting to go to Israel? I mean, up until this point in time, life has been relatively good for the Jewish people living in America. And oh yeah, and so very, very good. and so there's really not much. I guess if we could say there's not much of a motivation here. And uh, I don't know if were you going to go to Isaiah forty three. I didn't know what was on your list. Yeah, I'm gonna as long as I'm in Isaiah. Let's hit Isaiah forty three uh, verses five and six. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your seed from the east and gather you from the west. I shall say to the north, give up my people, and to the south, don't hold back. 
Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Isaiah mm. 43, 5 and 6. Yeah. The, the, um, there is a, uh, I, I did come across a bit on, uh, I think it was Rashi's commentary, where it talks about how the significance of the, you know, when it says to the north wind, give, and to the south, do not refrain, is because the north wind is not very strong in Israel, but the south wind, uh, the south wind is. And so the prophet had to, the, the, when the prophet spoke this, it was about commanding the north wind, which is relatively weak, to strengthen itself, to be a stronger wind to bring them. And the south wind, which is strong, was to not hold back in its effect of bringing the exiles home. And it, it put in my mind uh, this idea that there are going to be those who are going to come willingly and easily, but there are going to be those for whom it's going to take a stronger wind to move them, which is what uh, it was about, if I could say, empowering the north wind to do to to act in a way unnatural to bring the sons from the north and then the daughters of course from uh, I guess it's the sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth but anyway that right. it was kind of that picture of you don't have these equal power the 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 winds the, the north wind and the south wind are not equal in power and therefore Hashem had to empower the north wind to bring this about in a way that he didn't have to do with the south wind and so that there are people who are going to be willing to come to Israel, but there are going to be those who are going to need that extra push mm-hmm. for, it, for it to happen. Anyway, just a just a thought on the on the North Wind. I because I, I, I remember many years ago, uh, that, and this year was um, uh, that I'd actually because uh, I, I I do in my other uh, in my other life I I try to sing and and occasionally and anyway this was an inspiration. Uh, for a song that I had written, and uh, I'll tell you, and this was even before I became a, a Noahide or even knew what a Noahide was. And one of the things that I could not listen to the song without holding back tears, because it is such a powerful statement. Because in verse four he says, "Since you are dear in my eyes, you were honored, and I loved you, and I give men." In your stead and nations instead of your life. That's how much he loves Israel. Well, listen, we're coming up to the top of the hour, and we're going to need to get out of here pretty quickly. <laughs> how did that happen? Uh, but, you know, there's a number of other verses that it looks like, indeed, we are going to have to come back next week just to go ahead and finish off the ingathering of the exiles, because there's a number of confirming verses. Uh, and that just basically is should tell everyone that it's not just in one place. And if properly understood, these verses tell us who the Mashiach not so much is, but what he will be doing. Things that the Mashiach will do that we'll be able to identify him and be able to say, oh, yeah, that's our guy. Mm. And, you know, one of them is the ingathering. And like Prescott says, some of them, and I was unaware of that, so thank you for bringing up that about the wind. To me, it sounds like some will pack and carry their own bags. Others will need Noahides to pack them and carry their bags. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> one way or the other, they're going to be getting to Israel. <laughs> so anyway, let's go ahead and bring this to a close. Uh, we are going to be doing a plugged-in show over on the Noahide Nation side. We're going to get into some current events and also uh, do a little bit of a continuation on this in-gathering. So we hope you join us over on the Noahide Nation's website and just listen to the plugged-in show uh, that is the most recent one up on the site. It'll be on the homepage. So until next week, folks, Shavua Tov. Have a wonderful week. Shalom. First Israel Mortgages. Our mission is to help people obtain the right mortgage, get preferred rates, and realize their dream of owning a home in Israel. Our staff is made of American-born Israelis who understand your needs when structuring a mortgage. At First Israel, your financial security is paramount. Visit us online at firstisrael.co.il. That's firstisrael.co.il. You just pray for them. Israel National Radio. Israel National Radio. You're listening to Israel National Radio. Israel National Radio. Israel National Radio. Israel National Radio. We're praying for redemption. 